1059 The Region, in partnership with REMAX Prime Properties, present On the Market, real estate advice that works for you. Have a real estate question? Call us at 416-335-1059. Tweet us at 1059 The Region or email us at info at 1059theregion.com. This is 105.9 The Region. I'm Tina Cortez with On The Market, York Region's exclusive radio real estate show. Our expert from Remax Prime Properties is Asif Khan. Good morning, Asif, and you have our first guest today. I do, Tina. Joining us for On The Market is the number one agent in Canada for a number of years, Faisal Susiwala from Cambridge, Ontario. Faisal, welcome to On The Market. Thank you very much for having me on. Faisal, we're going through numbers we're, we're going through this downturn that we've seen over the last six months and trying to get some bearings straight what are you seeing in the market i mean you've been in the market for how many years so i've been selling real estate now for 34 years and we're certainly seeing a lot of changes in the marketplace right now including uh you know uh ups and downs and everything that happened during COVID. but we're certainly seeing a, a little bit of an uptick in the market as we speak right now and have you seen anything like this before in your 34 years? So I started back in 1989, and then we came into a, it was a booming market back then. And then 1990, we saw the decline happen. And of course, that recession lasted about 10 years. The major difference between then and now that I'm seeing is back then, there was very little immigration that was happening versus 500,000 new immigrants coming into Canada this year. At that time, there was a lack of uh, employment in the industry. And right now, there's a lack of employees. And then you add, um, you know, historically, we're still at very low interest rates. So when you look at all of those things, you look at employment, you look at immigration, and then, of course, let's not forget lack of supply. Um, In those days, there was an abundance of supply in the market. Today, we have very little to no supply in the market. So when you look at all of those variables, this is not the same type of recession that we had. And I honestly believe that this downturn or slowdown is going to be very short-lived. And that's a great point, Faisal, because when you look at how much inventory is available, we're still under two months in almost every market in Canada. And back in other recessions or downturns, we're used to seeing four months or six months of inventory. How much of that do you think plays a role in sellers, you know, wanting to jump back into the market and and create that hype and buyers just waiting on the fence for that inventory to hit. Yeah. And, and, you know, to your point, we used to be 60 days, 90 days on the market was a normal market uh, for many, many years. In the last five to seven years, we got spoiled because we're seeing, you know, one week, two weeks, three weeks on the market, multiple offers. The sellers right now should be seriously considering coming on the market because as a a result of the variable rate going up and the fixed rates actually going down a little bit, it's put life back into the market. And we're seeing it's herd mentality where everybody was jumping in, so everybody started buying and, and bidding wars started happening, and that caused a lack of supply. Today, we're seeing that people are, again, thinking, I better jump in while the rates are going down. And even if I'm going to lock in, I'll lock in for two years because the expectation is that within two years, these rates are going to come back down and they don't want to miss the boat. And not to not to forget the fact that rates did go up, but prices went down to match 
what the rate increase impact is on your mortgage payment. So it's not that much more on your monthly expenses to buy the same home that you would have bought a year ago, but you would have paid probably 25% more for that home. So when you equate all of that, this is still a very good opportunity to get into the market and not miss that opportunity and get into bidding wars because we're seeing that right now coming into March that bidding wars are back. Days on market are, you know, less than seven days in, in the average price point of a home. And especially single-family homes, townhomes are selling very, very well, and there's a lack of supply again. And Faisal, both you and Asif are the real estate experts here. I am not. So I'm going to ask this question on behalf of our listeners as well. Why do you characterize this period as a downturn? Is that simply about inventory levels? Well, there's a downturn. Most of it is psychological, to be uh, honest with you, because we're seeing um, people stop buying due to the rates increasing. And that was the, the, the cause of the downturn is the downturn in sales, but a downturn in price point as well. So anytime we've had, but let's not forget that from March of 2020 to March of 2022, in m- many of the regions throughout Ontario, we enjoyed over 60% increase in values. So when we look at the downturn, we've come down 25 to 30% off the highs, and that's kind of the term downturn uh, because of that re- uh, because of that percentage drop from where we were. But we're still significantly higher than we were pre-COVID. And so one of the other things we don't have is we don't have these distress sales that we used to see back in the day when we would, you know, to use the R word, the recession would hit and you would have a, a number of people that needed to sell. That, there's no catalyst for people to sell right now, is there? Not really. Now, the only caveat there is that coming into the summer of 2023 and probably the fall of 2023 and maybe into the spring of 2024, many of the mortgage renewals that were taken back in 2017 and 2018 are going to come due. Those folks may have been at a 2% or 2.5% interest rate. They will now be renewing at a 45 to 5% interest rate. If they are cautious and watch their spending um, and maybe just lock in for a couple of years, I think they can weather the storm. So people have gotten used to spending a little bit more because they had disposable cash due to lower interest rates. Rates are going to go up for those folks who are renewing their mortgages. So that's where we may see a little bit more inventory from distressed sales hitting the market, but I don't think it's going to be anywhere near what we had experienced back in the 90s and even in 2008. And in the more immediate future, what's your view on the spring market in terms of sales and average price? Well, pent-up demand. uh, People were just sleeping for the last uh, six months, and now they're saying, you know what, rents have gone up 30%. It just doesn't make sense for us to pay these high rents. We should maybe reconsider and get back into the market, start buying. And again, it's herd mentality. I'm seeing 12 offers, 15 offers. We had one last week with 26 offers on the home, Uh, 110 viewings, less than seven days on the market. So when we see that kind of activity hitting the market right now, we're, we're gearing up for an extremely strong spring market, in my opinion. Fizzle, how are you setting the expectations for your buyers and sellers? What's the messaging right now for buyers that have been waiting on the fence for a while and the messaging for sellers that have also been waiting for times to turn? To buyers, I'm saying look at the mortgage payment because your mortgage payment is no greater now than it would have been when the interest rates were uh, 2% because the prices have come down to match the mortgage payment. So that's the, the message to the buyers. 
The message to the sellers is that if you're comparing to what was happening last year, February, yes, you're going to feel that the market is down from there. But if you look at the market from four months ago, say October or November, we're actually up 10% in price from that time to now. And that's typical in the spring market. We see a 3 to 5% increase anyways. But because there's this pent-up demand of buyers who are just off the market, on the sidelines, lack of inventory, uh, we're going to see um, an opportunity for sellers to get back into the market, sell their homes, um, look, it's still relative. If you're going to sell at a low price, you're going to buy at a low price, and the vice versa is happening as well. But there is an opportunity right now for those who are thinking, oh, my goodness, we've taken such a loss uh, from what we could have gotten last year. I think you, you've got an opportunity right now to, to regain those uh, losses and start making some money on, on, your, on your home sale right now. What is your message then to the first-time home buyer, someone desperate to get into the market? What would you say to them at this point? I would say to them that, you know, really watch your spending. Start looking at um, the different opportunities that, that are out there. Uh, the five big banks are releasing the first home savings account, which is an FHSA. It's something similar to an FSA, TFSA and an RSP. It's a hybrid between the two. But it's an opportunity to start saving some money now um, in order to be positioned well to purchase. And then there's enormous tax benefits as well. So uh, I think folks that are looking at uh, getting into the market need to strongly look at it now and maybe look at something that has a mortgage helper, an in-law suite, an auxiliary apartment, something in the home that can still facilitate. Don't look at, I need that you know, beautiful home with the white picket fence right now. Look at this purchase as a stepping stone, but get in the game. Don't sit on the sidelines because you're never going, inflation is going to eat up your money otherwise. So it's the time right now to look at deploying some of those funds. And yes, it's a struggle, but anything worth having is going to be a struggle. And these are the times when uh, one should really hunker down and look at buying. And so there's a lot of fear out there from the general public that are following on social media, if they're following economists or if they're following financial analysts. But when we're in the field and we're on the streets, we're not feeling the same sentiment as the economists are. Getting your crystal ball out, what do you see for the rest of 2023? I think 2023 is still going to be turbulent. We're going to see a strong spring market. We're going to see some flattening out in the summer as these renewals come on, which will give an opportunity to buyers to come in for some of those distressed sales. I think things will go back to sort of a flat basis at the end of this year. But I do expect that next spring, we're going to see another 5 to 7% increase over this year. Uh, and again, that's not a reason to wait to buy or wait to sell because it's going to be relative. So if the opportunity is there, if you can afford the payment, um, I would say get into the market sooner than later. But whatever we're facing right now really has been um, sort of created uh, by the economists, by increasing, forcing these interest rates to go up. I'm, I'm not convinced that increasing rates is the only answer to uh, the inflation problem that we're having. Supply chain is another big issue that we're dealing with. Builders are not going to be building homes at the values of the material or material cost that's out there. So there's still a great opportunity to buy resale homes, but there's not going to be enough supply. So this vicious cycle is going to continue, I think, for most of our near future here, we're going to see, um, you know, a little bit of a lull in the market and then people are going to just stop again and then jump right back into the market. And we're going to continue seeing that. So um, my crystal ball says 
whatever we're facing right now is going to be short-lived, and in two years we're going to be right back with more bidding wars, higher prices, uh, the the uh, obstruction to entry into this market is going to be greater in the next two years. So this is the reason I'm suggesting to people not to wait. And speaking of in, in future investments, Cambridge is a great area to invest in and, and some phenomenal pricing. If people want more information about the Cambridge area, how do they contact you? They can follow me on Instagram at Faisal Fuziwala. They can uh, follow my uh, webpage at uh, www.homeshack.com or call me directly at 519-624-5555. Special. Thanks for your time, and we look forward to chatting you again. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on. After the break, a check on the rental market for these first couple of months of 2023. This is On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Stay with us. Need to connect with Asif Khan from Remax Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca. Now, back to On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to On the Market, York Region's radio real estate show. Over to my co-host and our real estate expert, Asif Khan from Remax Prime Properties with today's next guest. Asif. Thank you, Tina. Joining us is Paul Dannison from Rentals.ca. Paul, welcome back to On the Market. Thanks, Asif. Great to be back. Paul, the headline read, among Canada's six largest rental markets, Toronto condo rental apartment rents increased 20.8% annually in January. Tell us a little bit about your findings there. Well, the rents for January and February just picked up right where 2022 left off, just increasing a lot. Overall, uh, in Canada, it was an almost 11% increase year over year. And in Toronto and the GTA, rents are just continuing to rise. And Paul, what is the average rent in Toronto and the GTA? For um, a one-bedroom in Toronto, it's about $2,450. A two-bedroom is about $3,200. GTA cities kind of range back and forth, but let's take a look in particular at Bonn, which is $2,067 for a one-bedroom and $2,350 for a two-bedroom. And, and Paul, with the six of the largest increases or the priciest cities for renters in medium-sized markets, the GTA had all six of those. Where do you see this heading? I mean, we're trying to get affordable housing and uh, trying to come up with new ways to increase supply, but where do you see this heading uh, if six of the top markets are from the GTA? People are being priced out, uh, quite simply. And, you know, you're seeing rents go up and Surrounding cities of the GTA, such as Guelph, Kitchener, London, Hamilton, people, especially young families, can't afford it, so they'll, they'll look elsewhere. And, and even though rents are going up, they're still cheaper in those markets than they will be in the GTA. So you know, we can hope that you know, inflation might go down a little bit. Maybe uh, we'll get a little reprieve from the interest, interest rates and the rents won't maybe go up as as fast or as as large as they have been, but uh, that's only a hope at this point. And how does the current average rent compare to the price, say, pre-pandemic? 
It's right at pre-pandemic, and uh, in some areas, it's now exceeded the pre-pandemic rates. So we're 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 back where we started from, and it's it's it it's getting worse. And, and you know, the bottom line is that there was a supply crisis in 2019 before the pandemic, and the pandemic kind of overshadowed that whole narrative. And we're back to where yeah, there's still a supply crisis. There's just not enough places for people who are coming to Canada and who are wanting to move. And how much do you attribute this supply crisis in rentals and also the increase in in rental amounts? How much do you attribute this to the pressures caused by the interest rates and people being priced out of purchasing having to turn to rentals? I think interest rates have played a big part. I mean, I think uh, the pandemic played a part where rents typically went down and the supply, people weren't moving as much. So after the pandemic, they started to move. But then you, you've got what I call the three eyes that are still in play here. Interest rates have gone up, which you know has caused housing to go down a little bit. But still, uh, you add those higher interest rates, and that adds hundreds of dollars to your monthly mortgage payments. So people are staying on the sidelines, staying in the rental market. And that adds to uh, increased pressure on demand. And then you have the inflation rates, which are down a little bit maybe, but still pretty high. Um, It's still, you know, uh, prices at the pump, grocery store, and all your commodities that you need to buy are are higher than what they were a year ago. And then, uh, you know, we've got immigration, which is a good thing. But when you have around... 340 to maybe 400,000 people coming in, and by 2025, a half million, and you don't make any kind of accommodations for where they're going to live, that creates a problem. And a couple more of the findings that I wanted to highlight here. So year over year, average monthly rent in January for a one-bedroom in Vaughan was up 10.3%. Year over year, average monthly rent in January for a one-bedroom in Brampton was up 18.3%. Traditionally, 905 was the place where it was more affordable. It certainly doesn't seem that way anymore. No, I think think, I think places are starting to catch up around uh, all over the GTA. Probably the the some of the lower end uh, cities that you're going to find a, a good deal would be Oshawa, but it's still high. It's seventeen hundred dollars for a one bedroom and over two thousand for a for a, a two bedroom, but that's much cheaper than. Uh, most of the rest of the GTA. So yeah, the rest, people are finding cheap places. They're moving there. That causes rents to go up there too. And looking outside of Ontario and Vancouver, so in Ontario, Toronto is always considered to be the priciest. Vancouver is always considered to be the priciest outside of Ontario. But if there was something that surprised me in the report, it was that Calgary had a 22.7% increase. Did that surprise you, or is that uh, has that been brewing for a while? That actually has been brewing, I don't want to say for a, a long while, but for a while. Uh, Cal- uh, I'd say last year that Halifax and Kingston, London were the biggest stories. Uh, this year, it, it's by far Calgary and Burnaby and uh, in, in Metro Vancouver. But Calgary especially, they have had for a long time really high vacancy rates. So they've had a lot of supply, and it's caused rents to be a little bit lower. But you got to keep in mind that an awful lot of people have moved to Calgary, 
interprovincially, there's jobs there. They look at the prices of a, of a house to buy or to rent. It's so much cheaper than what you're going to find in Vancouver or what you're going to find in the GTA. So people have decided to move there. It's the province that has received the most growth as a result of the pandemic and high prices. So it's starting to, that market is starting to tighten up. The difference there, without rent control, they've had a record number of supply in places being built last year. This year, it's supposed to be even bigger. Still not maybe enough to accommodate, but let's look at I mean, out of 35 cities, they're still 25th on the list, but rents are rising there, and it's, it's pushing a lot of the locals uh, out, and you're hearing a lot of complaints from Calgarians about uh, high, high prices for housing. Yeah, I think there would be complaints across the board. So the first couple of months of 2023, they're in the books. What do you see for the spring rental market then? I think rents are going to continue to, to increase through spring. I mean, that's, going to, that's when typically most people start to think about moving. So I think they're going to increase. The hope is that maybe by fall that they start to fall off a little bit when maybe uh, interest rates either come down or don't go up. Uh, maybe inflation is a little bit better, we hope. So I'm hopeful for the fall, but uh, I think spring they're going to continue to rise. And Paul, for our listeners, how do we provide some hope for them to say, you know, there's more inventory coming or, you know, purpose-built rentals are coming to the Ontario regions? What's on the horizon for them to have hope that they can afford to even rent in the GTA? Well, Ontario does have its, uh, what, 150,000 new homes uh, in 10 years. What was that? Am I, am I wrong? One point, uh, I'm trying to look for my figures at 1.5 million. But, uh, yeah, 1.5 million homes in 10 years for Ontario. Um, I mean, we're hopeful in that the government understands that there is a supply issue. The other side of the coin is, is that there's not a lot of incentive for people to build purpose-built rentals. And I think that governments at all level, especially the municipal, have to make some uh, ways for developers to want to build purpose-built because that's what the need is. But it's so expensive for developers to build. I mean, it's, what, eight years before shovels are in the ground after something is passed from city council? So that adds huge costs to the to developers building purpose-built rentals. So they typically want to build condos instead because it's easier and make more money. Governments are going to have to come together and get creative and make ways to build the the type of homes that people need. Paul, if our listeners want to read more about the rental report, where can they find it? Uh, In rentals.ca, go to that website and one of the top tabs along there is rent report. And if they want to see some of the past ones, they can go right to the right click on the blog, and the past reports are there. That's awesome. Thanks so much for your time and for sharing the uh, rental numbers with us. Thank you, Asif. Always a uh, pleasure. When we come back, your questions. This is On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Stay with us. Need to connect with Asif Khan from REMAX Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca. Now, back to On the Market on 105.9 The Region. 
Welcome back to On the Market. Time now for your questions for Asif Khan. And we begin with Sasha in Markham. The question and comment, Asif, you have mentioned the lack of inventory currently available. Does that increase the chances of selling my home over asking or the possibility of even a bidding war? And, you know, we've talked so much about not having the proper uh, amount of inventory in order to facilitate and, and take care of the demand that's out there. So, yeah, not having enough inventory and you jumping on the market while there's not a lot of inventory in your area is going to help increase the chances that you could end up in a bidding war or the fact that you will get over asking for your property. Now, the property has to be priced right. If you're pricing it a little bit higher than Buyers are very savvy and the banks are very tight with their appraisals. So even if someone pays you that super high price, it may not appraise and the deal will fall apart. So as long as you're priced right for today's market, then you should have a pretty good uh, read on, on what the inventory level is like and you stand a good chance of getting a bidding war going. And this is about managing expectations, right? Yeah, that's right, Tina. You want to be, you want to manage expectations because the buyers are pretty savvy right now and you don't want to price yourself out of the market because if you do, you're just going to, your house will be used to sell neighboring properties and that's not where you want to end up. You want to be the first one sold and you want to garner as much interest as possible and that includes not only pricing a property but making sure it shows the best on the street. So having it staged, doing the little improvements that are going to make your house stand out and and look maintenance-free for someone to move into. Explain that point that you just mentioned. You would be using your property to sell your neighbors. What do you mean by that? If you're overpriced or if your home doesn't show well and you're up against a few homes in your neighborhood, people will be coming in to take a look at your property and then saying, well, this other property is priced so much lower or this other property is better priced. The other property shows much better. So you don't want them to use your house to sell theirs. You want to be able to sell before they do. And obviously we haven't hit the official spring market yet, Asif, but what are you noticing in terms of your own office atmosphere? Are you seeing, you know, offers come in, multiple offers, uh, over asking, bidding wars? Do you see that happening right now? We do. And, you know, the spring market traditionally starts after March break, but what we've been seeing recently uh, in the past probably 10 years, people are jumping the gun on the spring market because they want to sell before their neighbors hit the market. So the spring market has been creeping into a late winter type of market. So end of January, middle of February, that's when people have been jumping on traditionally. And now that we're into March and you know, approaching March break right now, you're going to start to see a lot more properties hit the market. So it's better to get on the market as soon as possible right now before everyone fixes up their house over the March break or Easter break and gets on the market after that. Our next question comes from Thomas in Unionville. He wants to know if you have an update on the condo market in 905 compared to downtown Toronto. What is the cost per square foot in each area? Well, that's an excellent question and and really depends on the type of building because there's a a lot of different types of condo buildings that are coming up in the 905. So we have low-rise buildings, which are a little bit cheaper cost per square foot, and then we have the high-rise ones that are a a little more expensive. uh, because And then also you have to factor in 
the amenities that are going into these buildings as well because that's going to increase your maintenance fees and the cost per square foot for maintenance fees. So downtown Toronto is pushing the $2,000 per square foot mark right now. And in the 905, you're between $1,200 and $1,500 uh, in cost per square foot. And how does that compare to previous years? The 905 has always been a little bit cheaper uh, in terms of cost per square foot for condos. And, you know, there's a few factors there. One is the demand was a lot higher for condos in the 416 before. And now 905 is starting to catch up, especially with Subway coming up to Vaughan and York University coming into Markham. So you're starting to see the condo prices creep up a little bit. Uh, And the other thing is uh, parking as well. You've got... uh, Buildings downtown Toronto selling parking spots for 90, 100, 110,000 per spot. And in the 905, quite often you can get a parking spot included or pay about twenty-five dollars or $35,000 for these. So more bang for your buck in 905? Certainly is, yes. All right. As a reminder, if you have questions for On the Market, hit send anytime to info at 1059theregion.com. But Asif, if our listeners prefer to contact you directly, how can they do that? You know, they can always reach me at 416-985-CON. That's 416-985-5426. If you missed any part of our show, go to 1059theregion.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Audible. I'm Tina Cortez. Thank you for listening. Need to connect with Asif Khan from REMAX Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca.